Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Now, when Peter, James, and John was upon the mount, uh, which we now call the Mount of Transfiguration, the, uh, the expression, according to Matthew 17, verse 2, is that his uh, his face and his garments shone, you know, as the brightness of the sun, you know. Right, John uh, sees him again and beholds that uh, that image because you see these. Uh, John went to sleep; he didn't get to see much of that uh, when they were upon them on the mount. See, uh, the Lord uh, Moses and Elijah came. And they talked with Jesus. And they talked about his death. About his crucifixion that was to take place. And it was soon to be. But uh, the disciples, uh, uh, all three of them, man, they went to sleep. And when they did wake up, uh, they wanted to get in the building business. They wanted to build some temples, you know. Uh, from Moses, Elijah, and one for the Lord. But uh, they they saw the... Uh, the brightness, just as uh, Moses, when he saw the Lord, and then that uh, glory of the Lord uh, resided upon uh, Moses, and he put a veil over his face, you know, in order that the people wouldn't uh, wouldn't see Moses when that glory disappeared, and uh, because uh, uh, it was a sign of the presence of God. So well, then in the, in the next verse, uh, verse seventeen, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Now you see that's that was the expression of uh, Isaiah, same way with uh, Ezekiel, and he laid his right hand upon me. I doesn't say anything about turning loose of the churches, does he? The Lord, if the Lord do that, I don't, I, that's not a job. That doesn't complicate the matter. That doesn't present a problem whatsoever. Uh, and when I saw him, I fell, uh, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. Stop being afraid. He, he was frightened. Uh, I am the first and the last. That's the same as he had said over here. Uh, and the same as Daniel saw, the Ancient of Days, see. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Now, there, uh, the person that, uh, you see, this person hadn't been characterized, it hadn't been said anywhere that uh, he saw Jesus are the Messiah. See? But he's making Jesus known 
to John by way of signs, symbols. Do you think he has any doubt to who this person is? Of course, it's the Lord talking to him. He said, now, I am, I am he. I was dead. And you know these people that, that preach that God is dead? Well, they're partly right. They just don't go far enough. He was dead, but he's alive. See? And, and alive forevermore. Not only that, but he's coming again. Over here, when, when it said, uh, uh, I am Alpha and Omega in verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and the normal expression is, which is to be. See? Which is, which was, and if you're going to have it uh, to have smooth English and to carry the thought, you, you, you've got to supply the word, which is to be. But instead of saying, uh, which is to be, but which is to come. See, he's coming back. And uh, so it's the same thing here in uh, verses 17. Then verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Now, <clears throat> uh, the, in, in Isaiah, verse 22, uh, chapter 22, in verse 22, you have uh, the statement, uh, a prophecy of uh, someone having the keys of David. See? The keys of... Uh, uh, now, keys, of course, uh, as all know, is an uh, expression, a symbol of authority. And uh, when he said, I have the keys of hell, uh, that's Hades, not Gehenna. It's not a place of punishment. Hades is, uh, never was a place of punishment and never will be a place of punishment. Hades is simply a place uh, in itself, is a place of departed spirits. Yet, uh, the wicked are in, uh, uh, are punished or suffer in Hades. But it's simply because Hades is a place of departed spirits, wherever they are. Uh, and uh, the, uh, God's children, are, uh, their spirits are in Hades. But it's called, when you distinguish it from uh, a suffering, Gehenna, which is hell, see, why it's, it's called paradise. And we, we'll have that uh, a little later here in the next, well, in the first church age. But he said, I have the keys of Hades, the unseen world. Because uh, Hades is going to give up their dead. Death is going to give up their dead. Death is going to give up the body. Hades is going to give up the spirit. And uh, so, uh, the Lord Jesus is telling, assuring uh, John that uh, he has authority. He's the one that was dead, that is alive, and he's going to be alive forevermore, and he has the authority to unlock, to loose the gates of Hades. And of death. And that 
com- uh, concludes his vision, but then he uh, receives a command to write. Write the things which thou hast seen. Now, John, after receiving this vision, didn't just write, didn't have an idea to write. He didn't, it wasn't his idea to, uh, to write this and cause a lot of people a lot of uh, trouble and figure out what he meant. Uh, he wrote because the Lord told him to. He didn't write for profit. He didn't write for curiosity. He didn't write to confuse people. He didn't write to uh, try to uh, uh, tell somebody what's going to be in the future. That's not the purpose of prophecy. Yet prophecy reveals and unfolds the future. But the the purpose of prophecy is uh, is to uh, uh, produce uh, first of all conviction and uh, in in the part uh, of God's people to let them know uh, to reprove and also to comfort in the same uh, in the same message. But he says, write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Well, now that's very simple, uh, division of the book of, of this book. The things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be. So there's past, present, and future. Now, <coughs> the, uh, The great uh, uh, difficulty in with a lot of people in uh, taking this verse uh, is uh, is the inability to see anything uh, in the future concerning this uh, this statements. They say all of this was given to these seven churches. Those seven churches could understand the symbols. It was meant to the, for them and for them only. And when they died, the book of Revelation died with it. And it's no more, uh, and has no more relevancy to, uh, for the present day. Then there are those that says, well, all of this, uh, well, it's out yonder in the future. Still out in the future. And, uh, and therefore, it had nothing to do with the churches uh, of Asia Minor, other than they were just addressed uh, to represent the stage of history. The, uh, like the first period, the, uh, the early apostolic period, and then the second period, a period of persecution, then a period of uh, under the papacy, under Constantine, and then uh, under the Reformation, and then uh, the great revival awakening, and then the Laodicea being the day of uh, the final day of apostasy. Uh, well, the Bible, uh, this passage, this book has a meaning for the early churches. It has a meaning today, and we'll uh, we'll notice that there is history, chronological history, as as we move along. But one person or when a group of persons uh, uh, says that now this part is already passed, this part is to be, and that part is another age. Well, then uh, they're taking liberty with this statement here uh, of the Lord when he said, Write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Now, when did, Paul, when did John write this? Did he write on the Isle of Patmos? Was he equipped? Did he have 
uh, enough papyrus? Did he have enough paper? Did he have enough pen and ink? He was a prisoner. Uh, the history tells us that when Domitian died, that uh, John uh, was released from the island. And he came back to Ephesus. And he lived in Ephesus uh, several years after he came, uh, after he gained his freedom. And he came back to Ephesus and ministered to these seven churches. The Bible doesn't tell us when John wrote this. The Lord told him to write. See, you write it down. Uh, whether he wrote it on the Isle of Patmos and sent it from the island across 40 some odd miles to, uh, to Ephesus and, and then by land to these other uh, the seven churches uh, is of course just conjecture but anyway we've got the book now it says the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my hand and the seven golden candlesticks uh, now the uh, up to now we would know uh, and without this explanation we would know what the lampstands really meant uh, in this book, we know what lampstands were used in the Old Testament for. It was a light, uh, and they used it in the tabernacle and in the temple. And uh, Ezekiel's vision uh, had a had a lampstand in it. But now he says the mystery of the seven stars uh, and the seven golden candlesticks. He's going to tell you the seven stars are the angels. Of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. And yet, he tells us what the mystery is, and then we still have a mystery. Uh, who are the seven angels? Who are the angels of the churches? Well, everybody gets excited over, over that and says, well, uh, now the, the, uh, the, the word angel in Book of Revelation, I think, 63 times, something like that. And uh, in all of the instances, it refers to a heavenly being. Uh, with the exception, uh, unless this is an exception, you see. But now he's writing to an angel. Well, uh, he's, uh, the angels are the, uh, uh, the stars are the angels of the churches. Well, now, if these angels are heavenly beings, why, why write a letter and send it to heaven? How could he, how did he get it to heaven? Or how did he get an angel from heaven to come down and get the, get the letter? See, I mean, that's the, that's what the, uh, people get kind of balled up on. But, uh, and some say this is the guardian angel, that he wrote it to the guardian angel, addressed it to the guardian angel of the churches. Others say that, uh, the word angel, Represents spirit being, and the angel in this instance represents the spirit of the churches. So he wrote to the spirit of the churches. He wrote in a, a, a message according to the spirit, according to the state, according to the understanding and feeling and moods of the churches. See, but uh, the word angel—I uh, don't care how many times it occurs here—to me, uh, it, it's the it's the minister. The pastor of the church. Uh, if it's not, it's the janitor of the church. 
It's somebody who's uh, look uh, the custodian are looking after that church, see. But uh, nowhere, you know, uh, the uh, in the Bible does uh, uh, does it call a, a preacher uh, an angel? Well, now I, you know, around this time, my wife calls me an angel sometimes, see. Uh, but now it's, it, they're not referred to in the in the Bible as angels, but here there's no question to me. Uh, well, the reason why they say it's not to pass, that it that can't be pastors because they're not sure where they were at this time, at this age of the church. See? Well, now, Paul had written all of his letters, and uh, Paul, uh, uh, Paul had, been, uh, had been dead uh, several years when when this book was written, when when John had this vision, and Paul had given instructions uh, about setting, uh, putting a pastor and bishops or deacons and point elders in every church in the, in every city. Uh, Paul written and addressed them uh, and concerning their pastors and their deacons. See, well, I believe that uh, there was sufficient time. For, the, for this church at Ephesus to get the message uh, that Paul had written. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.